Yeah, thanks, Jeff, for letting me know that uh, you don't have a lot of content, but you can fill in the gaps. No, I didn't say so, that. I said I could fill in the gaps. I, didn't, I, I said, because our okay. last podcast, I didn't get through some material. So yes, I got I got a few little right. odd and end things. Right. So, um, so I can still depend on you? Well, I didn't say that, but. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, let's Thank see you what for happens. Listening to the Fields Brothers show. And we were just on a little video, but we really like our own song here. So I don't know if that's a. Yeah, I'm not tired of it yet. I mean, you know, it's only been a few years we've been using it, but, you know, it's good. So anyway, I'm Roger Fields. I'm here with Jeff. We're in Central Kentucky. We're the Fields Brothers, not the Doobie Brothers, not the Marx Brothers, not the Wright Brothers, but the Fields Brothers. We haven't said that in a long time. It's been a little while. I kind of missed that line. And uh, we're recovering pastors who just share about living on the life side of the cross. There's a death side and the life side, this side of the cross. In other words, we live after Jesus died for um, for our life, for sins, righteousness, and a lot of things that he died for. We're on this side of it, not before. We don't mix the two. We try not anyway to mix the two. Um, what's like to live before the cross or after the cross? We like to live just on this side, which means the price has been totally, completely, and fully paid. And so anyway, there's a lot of freedom in that. There's a lot of, uh, you can, I think, more likely experience the love of God, peace, and joy. Anyway, so it's a good life. And uh, so anyway... Yeah, I got I me. Mean, I got a few things to jump into here, unless you want to, you know, say anything before I launch into my stuff. Did one little thing, let you know. I don't, I don't, uh, Trace and I are going to be uh, volunteering some more. I uh, don't remember telling you. I don't, I don't think I've told you this. You know, we volunteer for the Barbasol tournament and all that. But I the, heard the that. Same, well, yeah, but this is <laughs> the same group that, or uh, the the same couple folks that run the volunteers for that are are also coordinating the volunteers for another event that's coming up here in Lexington pretty soon. A golf event? You mean, no, 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 this is, has nothing to do with golf. Okay. No uh, the Breeders' Cup, horse race. Do you know anything at all about the Breeders' Cup? It's a horse race. I know that. But, uh, so I know next to nothing. We are not. You know, uh, I know. We're, you know, we're, you we're, we're, I, we grew up just a few miles from a major racetrack, but we, we know next to nothing about I know, horse what's racing. The word? We, we are pitiful when it comes to, what's the word for that? We say we should know something. Novice, we we're a novice. No, word. There's, something, there's, another, no there's something. There's another word for it. But anyway, we, we, we're, we're an embarrassment. <laughs> To, to growing up in Central Kentucky, there was a little about horses in horse racing. So the we first did. weekend of uh, November, the Breeders' Cup is a is a big deal among horse racing, and they move it around. So it's you know it moves from city to city. Is this and a it's been here before. Yes, or? it's going to be a Keeneland, okay. the, the main horse right. track here in Lexington. And first week, Friday and Saturday, and so um, Teresa and a friend of hers are heading up a volunteer committee, like they do for the Barbasol. And and I'm going to be on the uh, golf cart committee, so I'll be driving golf carts. Different. There's you know, a different. golf cart committee. Well, to yes, a cart, but to transport important people from point A to point B during all this <laughs> going on. So <laughs> I don't know why I find that funny, well, but I do. You're in the golf cart committee to transport important people from point A to point B. Okay. Yeah, so, but I guess thing. there's a lot of responsibility in that. You don't want to turn over the golf cart, get stuck in a ditch. Okay, all right. At the risk of trying to be humorous, gain humor out of a very serious incident, I'm still going to say okay. this anyway. Right. You know, there's Saudi Arabia is is big into horse racing. So I mean, yeah, you know, whenever know there's made, you know, the, the Saudis are in this. So That's there'll be some see Saudis. Their airplanes at our yeah, airport. So okay. there'll be some Saudis there. So I thought, you know, I may be. There's very possibility. I think it's Saudis, I'm, actually, not Saudis, Saudis. Okay, whatever. So okay. that I'm, <laughs> I may be transporting a Saudi. Okay. From point a, sheik, a to point some B. Sheik, some yeah, prince, something like that. Some sheik. Okay. And I thought, you know, so what? You know, if you want to strike up a conversation, so I thought, okay. Who's the name of the the journalist that they murdered? Oh yeah, uh, 
Yeah, I don't want to talk Whatever. about that. Whatever. You know, I thought I could just bring up his name. Say, hey. Shogi, yeah. Yeah, Shogi. Yeah, I said, hey, yeah, don't what do was that. going on with Shogi here? Who yeah, did that? that was this? tragic, yeah. So you don't think a, I'd have? No, no. That's okay, not someone to make fun of. That, I won't, was, that, was, I won't really, that was bad. Okay, yeah. I won't bring that. You can edit that out Okay, later. no. I won't <laughs> do, so. So. Anyway. But we are volunteering for the Breeders' Cup, so I'll let you know how that goes. So. Yeah. Well, anyway, you know what I think one of the big problems is? Let's go ahead and jump in here to something. Is this okay? my problem? Are you going to tell me what my no, problem is No, this is kind of Christianity's problem. Okay. Okay. And that is just some of the words that we use now in English to translate the words that are in the Bible are just all messed up. And I know the words, big one. I better know one of the words. Well, there's several. I, I think, for instance, I think one clear example is, and this is not the one I really want to talk about, but repentance is yeah, messed up. Yeah, that's the one, first one that okay. came to my mind. I think there's another one that's probably on that level. Repentance just means to change your mind. You know, you think one way, now you're going to think a different way. That's really what it means. I can result in whatever. Think differently, yeah. But, you, but think differently. So when you're... To repent means you could think differently. It doesn't mean you feel s- sorrowful. Yeah, it doesn't and, mean you're grovel. It doesn't and, mean you're crying, wailing. It just means you now see things differently and you think differently. Mm-hmm. You change. It literally means to change your mind. It's amazing how people fight you tooth and nail over that too because they're so invested in the idea that repentance means you're just super-duper sorry all the stuff you've done and you should feel ashamed and guilt. Remorseful. And that was remorseful. the word I was So anyway, that's one. But another one is the word holy. Okay? Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. Holy is completely messed up. Completely messed up. You know, if you say somebody is holy today, it sounds like, well, they <laughs> speak in King James English, or they're, they're just very religious. They must go to church all the time, pray all the time, read your Bible all the time. Well, you, you like you could really say something else. What's, no, well, I was thinking that? about clothing. You know, you, yeah, you maybe associate holiness yeah. certain clothing, yeah. certain places. Listen to Christian uh, music all the time. You, you're holy. You know, that's what we've made it to be. And so I like to talk about that for a second. The, the holiness movement. I don't even know what they meant by that, but there was some time. Well, it meant Wesley that. Wasn't well, a lot, of, one of, them kind lot, of, and lot of that holiness really translated into you know, how you dress. A lot of that came into your attire. Um, you had to dress you know, very modestly, which is mm-hmm. you know, not a bad idea, but it was just to take it to such a crazy limit. But I wanna, I'm going to give you a thought. I'm going to come up with a new way to think. Every time you hear the word holy, I want to give you something else to think of. And I'm going to tell you what it is yet, but let me kind of set you up for this. Okay? Okay. So in Psalm 99, it says that, verse 9, it says, Exalt the Lord. We worship at his holy mountain. Mm-hmm. Okay? Well, the mountain, it wasn't behavioral. It wasn't like the mountain behaved. The mountain was acting all religious. The mountain dressed modestly? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you think, okay, well, what's different about the mountain? Now, we've always said that the literal... And we'll start with this, but there's a better word. <clears throat> the literal definition of holy means to be set apart. Something's different. There's something different about mm-hmm. that mountain than other mountains. Okay? So that's why I was holy. Was or the holy ground, the take off your holy shoes ground. for this holy ground. And Jesus yeah. was there. Yeah, the know. ground wasn't. Well, no, I'm talking about Moses. I mean, Moses, was God was there. I mean, yeah. God was there, so it was, it was holy. That's a whole, yeah, it's a whole other aspect of this. Um, it says in 1 Peter 2, 9, that you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're, we're a nation of, of, of people. Um, but even anyway, before that, in Exodus 30, it talked about the articles in the, in the Ark of the Covenant. And it says they would take liquid myrrh, they would take 500 shekels of myrrh, they would take sweet-smelling cinnamon, all these different things. And it says these were a sacred um, anointing oil, and it shall be a holy anointing oil. Okay, well, obviously the holy the holy anointing oil was not 
glowing. It was not acting religious. It was just something. It was set apart. It was a different kind of oil than what, what they were using other places. First Timothy talks about holy vessels type of thing. Okay, I don't know if that was vessels. one of the ones you're going to get to. Some, well, actually, some of the house. Were, I didn't have all of them down. You know, yeah, that would that yeah. would work. Um, it says now in First Peter. Now this is the one I think what trips people up. First Peter chapter one verse fifteen sixteen. It says, "You be holy, for I am holy." Mm-hmm. Okay, it says that you be holy, be holy in all your conduct. Now there it does talk about be holy in your conduct. Mm-hmm. So it tr- it takes that word and then applies it to conduct, and he says that. Okay, and so we're going to go back and talk about uh, how to look at that verse. Um, then in Colossians three it says, "Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved." So he calls you holy there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, he says you're holy. Um, In Jude, it says, build yourselves up in your most most holy faith. Okay? Um, And then one more. In Romans 12, it says, I appeal to you, brothers, by the mercy of God, you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. That's the verse I turned to just now. That verse came to my mind. Okay. So you you do have to think, okay, what? how do we think of the word holy? Okay? Now, here's some... um, you know, synonyms for holy, but then I give you the one I think works pretty well. That's something that's set apart, something that's uncommon, mm-hmm. okay? Something that's unique, out of the ordinary, okay? So these are just common Yeah, these definitions, are, these are definitions okay. I believe, that work. Something that's exclusive, exceptional, okay? But in a way, here's my, here's my new term, okay? When it says you are holy, really what that means, like, okay, let's back up one more time before I say this, that... You know, the mountain, for instance, there was just one of these mountains that was considered to be holy. Mm-hmm. There were just certain vessels. There's a small number of these vessels. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of how the word starts being used. Okay. Okay. So basically, they were all a limited edition. So that's the phrase, a limited yeah. edition. Yeah. So it says, you're holy. You're a limited edition. There's not that many of you that have been, have received God's righteousness, that have been completely forgiven. You're set apart, yeah, and all that, but you're a limited edition. So God is a limited edition. There's only one of him. Mm-hmm. He, you're a limited edition. So just be a limited edition. Okay. All right? In other words, just realize you, you it's not, it's the opposite of just very common. They're just a whole mm-hmm. bunch of us. There's nothing special about, um, you know, it's like there was something special about that mountain. There wasn't a whole lot of mountains like that one. Mm-hmm. It was a limited edition. The, the, the articles in the tabernacle, there weren't a whole bunch of them like that. They were different. They were unique. They were a limited edition. But it's just a phrase that I think kind of works in our culture. You're a limited edition. Yep. What do you think? I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out how it ties into the other words that are come from the same same root word as as holy as um Saints, you know, the, to the saints yeah, you're a limited at Ephesus, edition. to yeah. the saints and all that. Yeah. It's also tied to uh, to um, sanctification, isn't it? Well, that I'm same root word there. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so when we're, uh, you know, to be Christ is our sanctification. Right, he is. And so we've been sanctified once and We're a limited edition because of, now, because of what we've done to sanctification, I have a new word for it. Now, when I give you this word, mm-hmm. this is not the biblical definition of the word sanctification. This is what we've turned it into. Okay. We've turned okay. sanctification into it just means try harder. Okay, you're now you're saved. You need to be sanctified, which means you need to work hard, try hard. You mm-hmm. need to be a better follower, better disciple. You be sold out, be all in, that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Well, instead of sanctification, that becomes, are you ready? All right. Maybe I built this up too much. <laughs> it becomes stinkification. <laughs> what do you think? 
it just kind of makes the whole thing stink. It's like it just, you know, it makes it all not about what God has done for us. It makes it all about our efforts. It just depends on stinkification. So okay. then you write the letter to the stinkers at Nicholasville no, or something because, like that. No, because yeah. that's a misuse. I'm, I'm right. saying. Yeah, I know. I know. I think yeah. it's the misuse. So, yeah. so we read it almost as if, it's, yeah. if yeah. that's what it means. Yeah. So. Well, I don't um, know that you know because sanctification has become a total merit based approach to to God. You know, the other thing too, and I thought more about this, and you've brought this up somewhat in the past, but you know, there's a lot of Christianity that would say, "Yes, you're saved by faith uh, through grace; it's all God," um, and then you have to then you know, but it's the fruit that proves that you're really saved. Mm-hmm. And so we talk it's, about that. Um, it's the evidence of your salvation. What was the term we had? The um Retroactive, yeah, retro- by, by retroactive works. And, and so what happens is, it, it, it's exactly what, it's retroactive. In other words, we think, well, we do have to prove it now. we got to prove it to mm-hmm. ourselves. we got to prove it to God. we got to prove it to other people. We've got to prove to God that we are really are saved. And it's all the same thing. Mm-hmm. But the whole idea of having to prove it yeah. is just another, it's another angle on Work salvation is another angle on just the law, just living by rules rather than by the grace of God. So one of the things, I don't know, we've, I mean, probably, surely we've talked about this a little bit, but that is kind of a, the idea of sanctification and being sanctified. And there's kind of, there's kind of three different views as I see it among Christian teaching and all this. You know, the, the most common one that we've been familiar with and grew up, the sanctification is a gradual process. Right. You know, you have justification. That's when you, you know, you quote unquote get saved and all this, and then from there till you die, it's a process of sanctification you know, that is never done. Denominations that don't believe it that way, though. you know, that is a point in time. Well, okay, that's okay. They, I'm getting that's right. that's okay. the other option. Right. So some okay. would say it's it's a lifelong process, and then glorification is right. is when you die and go, go to, to heaven, whatever right. there. But the sanctification is this lifelong process that's never never ended. You you never feel that you're enough yeah. and all this stuff. But then I think the Nazarene denomination was the one that. Or at least the one that I remember, that was kind of their distinction. Is they believe there was a subsequent point in time that well, so, you were become totally sanctified. Yeah, some branches of the there. Church of God believe that too. Okay, so I wouldn't okay. wear that. I heard I heard a Church of God pastor one time say he did something wrong. He say he almost did something wrong. He almost lost his sanctification. So he lost it. He lost his salvation, but he's lost, lost lose his sanctification. I'm thinking, well, how does that work? So it's kind of like the shoots mean? and ladders game. He yeah. almost stepped on a, yeah. you know, he almost rolled, not, landed on a, a, a square with yeah. a chute and slid down yeah. two rows. Now, or he something did believe like that. you could lose your salvation, too, but I guess if you do something really big and bad, you lose your salvation. But <laughs> oh if it's not okay. too big and bad, you only lose your sanctification. Which means I don't know what you do to get. So that then there's back. probably I bet there's probably another subset that believes in once sanctified, always sanctified, and they're against the folks that think you can lose your uh, sanctification. I, I guess. I but was, anyway, so but, contrary to both of those, okay, is where where you and I, I think yeah, would be yeah. is that our sanctification is in Christ, yeah. and so you know we are totally sanctified when we're in Christ. You know, yeah. He is our sanctification. Yeah. We don't. You're just a get limited part of addition. Him. There again, it's the same thing. Okay, because of in Christ, you are a limited addition. Limited edition, though, there's a bunch of limited. I mean, if there's a, you know, if they're making, uh, what are they making limited, limited well, like, okay, these, like, my, cars or whatever? They said that about my, my Toyota Sequoia, when I used to have one, it was a limited edition. That means it was not a common Sequoia. But there were still thousands of them. Well, there are thousands of Christians. You're not like the only okay. Christian. I <laughs> well, mean, okay. you're a limited edition, okay. not the only one on okay. the planet. <laughs> I mean, you've got to work with me a little bit here. A limited edition. <laughs> Oh boy! Why do I even try sometimes? I don't. <laughs> so it just means you're just not a common edition. Okay. 
You're limit. I, I think the word kind of works for that uh, for sanctification, or for the word being, or for the word holiness. Or, I, I, or holy. I, I'm not sure I've quite received the the revelation right, on that. Okay, yet. okay. Right. The veil is still kind of right. there for me in that area. Maybe, okay, so. now I have another yeah. thought for you. Bounce okay. this off of you. All right. Now, what is the? I think I think sometimes I think the difference. What's the difference between somebody other than? Obviously, you do have more joy and peace if you believe that the price is completely paid, mm-hmm. the work is completely done. It's finished. We receive by grace. We just, and we live a life just really thanking God, just living in what He's done for us. Mm -hmm. Okay. One of the benefits, I believe, now I think there's a lot of benefits here and now for this, but one of them I would say is it kind of makes you unstoppable. Now, not that you can be stopped anyway if you're already, if you're in Christ, but the difference is this. If you have a Christian, if I want to discourage, if there, if you're believing in a kind of a merit based approach to God, where you've got to do things to please mm-hmm. God, to earn His favor, to prove that you're saved, and all this kind of stuff, then if I can put you under some guilt by telling you you're not sold out, and kind of stop you in a way, yeah, like, you know, yeah, you kind okay. of stop you in your tracks, that. you know, I can get you discouraged, I can get you worn out. It kind of makes you vulnerable mm-hmm. to somebody throwing you off track, where. When you, it's all God, you're kind of unstoppable. It's like, what are you going to do to me? You yeah, can't really I, get me I under like grace. That. I mean, under guilt. You can't put me under shame. You can't put me under condemnation. I'm kind of unstoppable in my relationship with God. Yeah, and I, I, like I that. think that's a real valid benefit, one of the benefits of living consciously on this side of the cross, on the life side where you believe it's all been done for you already. So, there you go. The uh, I, I thought you were going a little bit different direction with the unstoppable, but I like what you said there. I was thinking okay. unstoppable in terms of breaking through barriers or that type of. No, it's not. It's just that you just can't that, be. Because I had, I had. And an see, there's nothing to stop. In other words, mm-hmm. what you, you can't stop because well, there's really nothing to stop because I'm not really doing anything to get this going anyway. It's already been done, so I don't know. I just think that that works. I'm I trying to find the verse in the in. In in the uh, toward the end of Ephesians, uh, but okay. Right. Um, anyway, there's a verse there on top of that. You know, the love that we have for God that is it doesn't use the word unstoppable, but something along those lines. Yeah. So. Okay. All right. I got another thought for you. Okay. You ready, you ready for another one? Yep. All right. Now I've always been intrigued by the scripture in Second Corinthians ten that talks about. And it says, we, uh, for though we walk in the flesh, or we're in the human body, we are not waging war according to the flesh, which means our, our efforts. Okay? Mm-hmm. For our weapons of our warfare. So there is a warfare, but it's uh, but they're not the flesh, but we have, they have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments. Mm-hmm. And every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. Now, this is how the English Standard Version would say it. Um, lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive to obey Christ being ready to punish disobedience um, once your obedience is complete. In other words, he talks about that we really punish thoughts that are anti-Christ, and I believe uh, they're anti what Christ has done for us. Okay, now right. stick with me for a second here. Okay, so if there is a if there is a war now, it's not just the it's not the war against the devil. I don't believe. I believe the devil is defeated, but there is a war against me. Time the thoughts like, well, I'm not good enough, or God still punishing me or i mean there's a lot of things that can you know the loop that we play we've talked about that the loop that goes around in my head um there are things that that internally can you know keep us from having a robust um 
joyful, peaceful relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Okay? Anyway, and so the web is what we do is we destroy things. So really what we are, I got another term for us, the field <laughs> okay. we're, we're, we're your demolition crew. Because okay, what we want like to do is we, we want to demolish this stuff. I mean, I'm kind of committed to demolishing ideas that would keep people from living a full life in God's grace. Yeah, I like that. And I think a lot of what we talk about tries to do that. There's a lot of crazy ideas about discipleship, about what it means to follow Christ, a lot of stuff that I believe needs to be destroyed. And so I think a lot of what we hope to do in this podcast is be a, a kind of a demolition crew for that. And I've said before, a lot of times you don't, really grasp grace until you destroy some of the thoughts that are holding you back from understanding grace. Okay. It's like we've said, we've used the, one other, I know you're ready to jump in here. One other analogy. It's like that we said, like the trap trapeze guy, you know, he can, it's one thing to swing over and grab the new trapeze of God's grace is nothing to let go of the old one. Yeah. Or the two boats in our boat. Yeah, yeah, you came up so with the illustration that, of trying to so one that, foot in two different right. boats. And, so, so, you know, so anyway, we want to demolish, Everything that raises itself up against just having your uh, relationship and knowledge of what Christ has done for you. Go ahead. Well, here's one that needs to be demolished. Then I'll All give right, you a classic example. All right. um, a friend of ours uh, sent this to me in a text. He, someone had sent this. I don't know if someone sent it to him or if he just saw it on Facebook or said it, saw it somewhere. Anyway, about confession of sin, and we've talked some about that, but we could probably tend to yeah. stand to talk about it more because that really is a such a common. Misconception. Misconception is a good word about that. The idea that in your life in Christ, you need to keep a, a short accounts, or there's different terms for it. That yeah. you need to kind of every time you commit a sin, you need to confess that to God you and kind of get thing, back in there. You, you have your body washed, but your feet aren't washed. Yeah, I, you that. Wash I heard that from John yeah. MacArthur yes. years ago. Yeah, for there. Yeah, First John one nine type of thing. But anyway, so let me read you this here. So this is, um, okay. So they. He first quotes from Matthew 12, uh, and, for, and by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. We sin, all of us. If we say we have no sin, uh, we deceive ourselves, okay? Uh-huh. Uh, then he says, fortunately, it's not our sin that keeps us from God's forgiveness. It's our unwillingness to recognize it, to deal with it, which does that. Then he quotes, you know, the first John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just, which... You and I think that's evangelistic and all this, not to the to the believer. But people have used First John one nine to yeah. destroy yeah. their confidence in what Jesus has done for them on the cross. It's really sad. And then it goes on. So he says, "We must therefore confess and regularly." So I'm going to tell you now, Roger, regularly. how you daily. Need to we confess. talking da- well, I'm, weekly? I'm, I'm, I'm what are we talking? I'm getting ready. Right? Let's talk about all that. Right. Um, quote: That is easier to say, of course, than to live. Yeah, I I guess that's true. Yeah. Confession is hard. Forget that Jesus said his burden's light and all this. Evidently, evidently Jesus was wrong because according to this, confession is hard. Giving voice to words describing our sin is hard. We often think that just saying them and naming our sins will somehow make it more real. We think naming our sin will put more of its taint upon us. It's real. Its full taint is already upon us. And there's no path to forgiveness and taint removal. <laughs> you need to remove your taint. taint. It's the taint of sin. Taint of sin. Um, okay. Anyway, the full is upon it, and there's no path to forgiveness and taint removal except first through confession. But it's not actually confession. We never say the words if we. 
Where are you reading this stuff from? Where's this is a friend of mine sent oh. this uh, text that he had read it. Anyway, uh, it skipped part of, part of this. But anyway, it goes on. It, it places our sin in the open where we can see it and we can paint a target on it where we can finally bring uh, the power of the me, Holy Spirit. How long Spirit. is this? We... <laughs> We're almost done here. Okay. <laughs> okay, so okay, then he ends it here. So what do we do? Reduce your struggle with sin to one word. Oops. Well, wait a minute. Here. I'm reading this. He's in one word, and then he goes on to list. Okay, I see what he's saying here. He lists a whole bunch of words. Reduce your struggle. So one word. So you need to pick out the one word that describes your sin, Roger. Oh, I see. So we got pride. Here's your choices: pride, self-centeredness, hard-heartedness, indifference, resentment, rage, greed, dishonesty, lust. You choose your word. Be honest. Once you have it, say it aloud. Gather some brothers or sisters. Pray for courage. Then go around each person saying. This would be funny if it wasn't so sad. Each person saying only their one word. So evidently, you get a circle of friends, and so each of you just one? say one word. But that's—I mean, you you only, like, only, I can pick more. You reduce your struggle with sin to one word. This says, and then pray again. This time against the words spoken. Yeah. So you and then you pray against those words. When the time is right, go deeper and explain yeah. the meaning well, behind. The words. There again, that's another thing I mean, that needs to be demolished. Why did Jesus even die on the cross? I mean, yeah, if we really. have to go through that's all that. That's the way it so. works. Then we're all sunk. Jeff. Now we're not saying, you know, just to be clear, we're not saying it doesn't matter how we live our lives. Matter. We're not saying behavior doesn't matter, but we are saying that that does nothing to change the human heart, yeah, and it does nothing to change your status with God and your relationship Absolutely. with God. Now it can, it can affect a lot of things in this world. But it doesn't change what God has done for us in Christ. And, and it gets you so focused on yourself and, and what you're doing in your behavior. That does need to be demolished for sure. Well. Because we're on the life side of the cross, the living side of the cross. I got a quote. You ready for a quote? Yeah, give me a quote. F.F. Bruce. Remember him? Oh, yeah. Had world commentaries we had in Bible yeah, college. Yeah. Uh, evidently, it's a, quote, it's a quote. I think Paul would roll over in his grave if he knew we were turning his letters into Torah, towards the Hebrew yeah. word for law. I think it's pretty, you know. That's a good, pretty you know, good point. Paul, and I, think, I don't think Paul's in the grave anymore, but if he was, you know, the, the phrase, he'd be rolling over if we knew we were turning his letters into law, essentially. That's a good point. It is a good point. Once again, Jeff, don't forget to check out my TikTok page, okay? <laughs> I'll get back to you on page, that. It's not a page, it's just a... Um just little videos, but anyway, I think you should check it out. The other quick thing, this is a long, we get a long outro yeah, on this ahead. song. This song yeah. keeps going over there. The uh, the song Easy Like Sunday Morning, yeah, isn't that cool song? Nice, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Easy yeah, Like he, Sunday that Morning. That was a Lionel Richie song. Right, right. Yeah. right. You know, kind of cool song. Yeah. I was talking to someone the other day, and we were, we were joking the other day. He obviously did not go to church. You know, or have a bunch of kids getting yeah. ready for church. Is, yeah. But but that is that's that easy like Sunday morning. That's true. That's a good point. <laughs> oh, that was the most. Yeah. Particularly if you were the pastor, like we were, yeah. that was the the least easy time yeah. all week was yeah. Sunday morning getting ready for that. But that is kind of a picture of life in Christ. Life yeah. in Christ is easy like Sunday morning yeah. or Saturday morning, whenever what day of the week is your right. easy time. Maybe that, that regard, should be so. our new theme song. Huh? 